Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Have an unusual card to show you today. This was actually mailed to me by a cat. Now, I do have my suspicions about that, but I'm going to, I'm going to take the card at face value. Uh, this is Friendly, the cat. Let me read you the note that Friendly sent me. Dear Pastor Skelly, on behalf of all the cats in the U.S. and beyond, we have voted you our favorite pastor. Think about that. All the cats in the world have ha, have voted on me. We understand that you can't upset the many many that, that we understand that you can that you can't upset the many many dogs. So it's okay if you pretend like you like dogs better. And and I have pretended that I like dogs better. We know the real truth, and that's what's important. Besides. Just how many dogs listen to your sermons and podcasts? That's a good question. I don't know. I've never had a postcard sent to me by a dog. Also, uh, you send excellent cat treats. Thank you. And this is from Friendly, my devoted cat friend. So Friendly, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that this maybe was sent by your owner, but I'm going to take it at face value and say, Friendly, thank you for voting on me with your fellow cat community that I am your favorite pastor. That's a blessing. And the dogs of America and of the world, where have you been? Uh, I might have to switch my loyalties just based upon this one, one card alone. All right, back to reality. We're in uh, Mark chapter number nine, and I think we're going to finish today this chapter. We've been talking about the importance of gospel priority, and Jesus has been teaching his disciples about humility, about what greatness really is, about humbly serving the Lord. And we humbly serve the Lord when we're not out for status and position and title and stuff, but when we serve those that really can't give us anything back. And we're content knowing that by serving them, we actually we actually are serving the Lord. And then even the way we look at other ministries, instead of condemning them and being critical of them because they might not do it our way or be in our group, Instead, look at and say, if they're honestly and sincerely serving Jesus uh, and they have a measure of his power on their lives, then we can be assured that God is blessing them. And to every master we stand, or to each master, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, to his own master, we all stand or fall. I knew I'd get that verse right. And Jesus has given us some really great teaching and I think last time we talked about at the end of the lesson how important it is for us to take seriously, especially our ministry to children. Why? Because uh, they are the most vulnerable among us, and we're held to a great accountability when it comes to our teaching to them. Now, here we are in Mark chapter 9 and verse 43. So if you'd find your place there, 
where Jesus gives some other warnings about serving him and about our own status uh, as followers. He says in verse number 43, and if thine hand, if thy hand defend thee. So in verse 42, we talked about not offending the children and making sure that our ministry is authentic to them. But now it's talking about our own walk with the Lord, our own status as disciples. And he says this, if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. What what are we to make of this passage? I mean, that is radical to say the least. If your hand offends you, cut it off. Uh, it's better to live in life with one hand than go to hell with two hands uh, and be in a place of eternal punishment. I mean, what is this talking about? Well, let's answer a couple questions. First of all, to offend means to to alter one's direction. And the point here is if 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 your hand, in other words, if the things you do, that's what our hand represents. The things you do, the priorities you have, if if they if you are more controlled by what the things you want, the things you can grab, the things you do, the priorities you have, then you are by the Lord that it would be better, and this is just a, a this is using a literary term called uh, exaggeration. It'd be better just to cut off your hand. It'd be better to live in life without a hand than to be ruled by what your hand wants, to be ruled by what your hand could get, to be ruled by what your hand does. The point here is that uh, we ought not to be ruled by what we desire, what we can have, what we can do, but rather by uh, the Lord himself. And the Bible says so much more important it is to prioritize spiritual realities over physical realities. Better to go through life maimed and inherit eternal life than to get what we can in this life, to have the benefits of this life, and then to die and go to hell and be in a place of eternal judgment. And that's what the Bible means here when it says, where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. So it speaks to the reality of the eternality, uh, the permanence of hell, and the permanence of punishment in hell. Their worm dieth not, the fire is not quenched. And really, it's a reference to the last chapter of the book of Isaiah. And matter of fact, the, the last verse in the book of Isaiah is Isaiah 66 and verse 24. And it's talking about when Christ, a season when Christ is reigning. So the millennial reign of Christ and that the enemies of Christ, uh, we can see that the carcasses of the enemies of Christ cast down by him at the battle of Armageddon and how the, the carcasses of the dead who have rejected Christ will be so numerous that the, the worm, the, the, the maggots, that, that eat the body in decomp- decomposition, it will seem as if they have a never-ending feast because of the rejection of so many of Christ. And the point here is this, that don't be among them. Don't be among them 
that uh, reject Christ and, and, and suffer not just physical death, uh, not just the physical cessation, but eternity in an awful place called hell for having rejected gospel priorities. Look at verse number 45. And if thy foot offend thee, same thing. What, what's our foot? Our foot takes us to places we want to go. Uh, tra- the, the traveling, the priorities that we want to have. If thy foot offend thee, cut it off. For it's better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. So the same exact teaching here. Uh, the, the things you can have, the things you can control, uh, represented by the hand, the places you can go, uh, the, the places you can be represented by the foot. Uh, the point here is a matter of priority. Again, I, I think about even testimonies that you and I know. I think about the, the, the testimony of Joni Erickson Tata, who uh, suffered complete paralysis. And yet it is through that paralysis that she found the Lord and his, her real purpose and painting and testifying of the Lord. Do you think that today she would say it's better that I've gone through life with no ability to use my arms and legs, but a great testimony for the Lord? I think she would say resoundingly, yes. Or my good friend, uh, Patch the Pirate, Ron Hamilton, what a great testimony. And the, the struggle he had, losing his eye, and yet the worldwide ministry God gave him as a result. Would he say today, and of course he's suffering today from the late stages of Alzheimer's and we've prayed for him and and love him dearly, but would he say today that it's better for him to have been afflicted in this way and to have this ministry and to know the Lord the way that he does? Of course he would say that. He wrote a whole song about it. He's based a whole ministry on it. And I think those are examples of the fact that our spiritual priorities and our walk with God And our heart is so much more important than the things we can grasp and hold, the places we can go, and the the gifts of this physical life. That's the point that Jesus is making. Look at verse number 47. And if thine eye offend thee, the things you can see, the things you can potentially have, this is not even the things that you can grab. This is not even physically the places you can go. Sometimes this is just the lust of the eye and the things I think I want and the things I covet, the things I envy. This speaks really to more to the heart, doesn't it? If thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. So three times... In one short conversation, Jesus is warning about the finality of final judgment. He's talking about the eternality of hell and judgment and eternal punishment. And while these are things that we don't like to talk about, these are things that we certainly don't want to dwell upon. Uh, They are spiritual realities nonetheless that we must face, that we must think about. And, and take into consideration when it comes to today's choices that the
the, and the point that Jesus is making is not take out a knife and cut out your eye. It's not to take out a sword and cut off your hand. The point here is get radical about your priorities. And there ought to be nothing that would keep us from living a life that has spiritual value and a life where Jesus is on the throne and nothing physical and nothing that this body can offer or this life can offer is better than a life dedicated to the service of Jesus Christ. So this is just a radical way of saying that it's important. It's not radical to put Jesus first. Look at verse number 49, kind of a, a little bit of a confusing verse, but I'll see if I can explain it, where the Bible says, for everyone shall be salted with fire. And the idea of being salted with fire here means to be tested with fire. Now, that's true. That's true of everybody. That's true of saved people. That's true of unsaved people, that we will all be salted with fire. Ultimately, you know, as salt would be applied to meat for preservation, uh, and, 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 and now that meat can survive indefinitely. So you and I one day will survive indefinitely. And the fire will be a revealer of how we will survive. Am I going to be salted with the fire of God's Christ's judgment at the Bema seat? Because every believer one day will stand before Jesus Christ and his works will be tried. So as by fire, not, not his salvation, because uh, when we trust Christ as our Savior, we're saved. Uh, we enter into the gift righteousness of Jesus Christ, but our works will be tried. Uh, and so we'll be salted with fire in the sense of the retention or loss of reward. And then the Bible teaches that all, all the unsaved one day will stand before Jesus Christ. And that's after the end of the millennium, where the Bible says in Revelation chapter 20, that death and hell uh, shall stand before, shall be, shall be given up and cast into, into the lake of fire, which is the second death, and will stand before Jesus Christ before that final judgment, the great white throne judgment before the entering into eternal fire. Now, again, these are negative thoughts, but this is the Bible teaching that we will be salted with fire. Then the Bible says in verse number 49, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. So uh, back in Bible days, when people would offer a sacrifice, whether it be a grain sacrifice or a meat sacrifice, the Bible stipulated that salt had to be added to that sacrifice. And uh, th there's a, a lot there. There's a, there's a, a lot of teaching there. But the point that I think Jesus is making is he's still referencing Isaiah chapter 66 that we talked about uh, a while ago. And in Isaiah 66, the Bible talks about us as believers are, are, are a sacrifice unto the Lord. And so the idea of salt is that you and I are salt. And what we, when we come before the Lord, we are the salt of the earth. And God, Jesus has left us on this earth to be a a purifying and a preserving influence uh, to be a savor to the world of Christ. Watch what it says in verse number 50. Salt is good. Yeah, a good testimony is a wonderful thing. And the fact that we are believers that can have an influence, a preserving influence, a, a savoring influence in this world of Christ, that's a good thing. But 
if the salt have lost its savor, when when Christians, when disciples are no longer fulfilling their purpose, when they aren't uh, being a savor of Christ, when they aren't being an influence on this lost and dying world, then then what good is what good is a believer if he doesn't represent Christ? What good is a disciple if he's not impacting this world for Christ? And the answer, of course, is is obvious. No, of no, of no good. So the Bible says, "Wherewith will it be? If the salt have lost its saltiness, wherewith will ye season it? How do you season season? How do you salt salt? You can't. So if a salt has lost its essential nature, what good is it? And the answer is, it's good for nothing. Have salt in yourselves." Have salt in yourselves. The most important thing about your life is your testimony for Christ. The most important thing about your life is your saltiness. Have salt in yourselves and have peace one with another. Remember what started this whole conversation was the fact that these disciples couldn't get along. They were arguing with each other. Who's going to be the greatest? Who's going to be top dog? Who's going to sit at the right hand and left? And what Jesus said, in essence, is, guys, you are losing your influence. You're being behaving just like the world when you are out for status, when you're out for recognition, when you're out for stuff, when you're clamoring for attention. Guys, much better it would be if you'd focus on loving and serving people, even the most vulnerable among you. Why? Because that's when you're salty. That's having salt in yourself. But when you are behaving like having the priorities of the world around you, you're losing your savor and you have no value for eternity. Your testimony has lost its saltiness. So have salt in yourselves. Be at peace with one another. Live by gospel priorities and just see how God can use your life. Well, that's it for chapter number nine. Wish I could say more, but we're out of time. Uh, We'll jump into a brand new chapter next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.